Before we get into this episode, we have a quick favor to ask you. If you love our show, please scroll down to the review section of your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five-star rating. If you have a few more seconds, please also leave us a review telling us what you like most about our show. We read every single one of these and we appreciate them so much. This will also help us grow and get into the ears of those who love true crime and food as much as you do. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Unsavory, where true crime meets food. Welcome back to Unsavory. I'm Sarah. And I'm Becca. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. I'm a little bit Mm -hmm. tired. I found a dog last night. You found a dog. Yes. Is it okay? Yes. Tell me more. Um, I was driving home from, I was doing some work at a coffee shop and then I was driving home. Yeah. And I thought I saw a wolf crossing the street. <laughs> oh my God, or a coyote in Toronto. Yes, There's I so know. many coyotes. So I, I turned around, I turned my car around and I like drove slowly past looking out because I was, I was nervous. It was really close to our house and I was like, maybe we mm-hmm. shouldn't let Rosie out. And it was just this cute, fluffy golden retriever. And so <laughs> I like coaxed it back to our house and um, we did end up finding the owner, which was great. Aw. Was it nervous? Uh, no. I <laughs> made Dan come and he brought like a bunch of treats and she was like <laughs> super chill. <laughs> she was just like out for a casual walk. Yeah. She wasn't stressed out. <laughs> I actually thought she was deaf at first. Because she was so scattered all over the place and, like, wasn't listening to me. But I think that she had, like, just escaped. And so she was just, like, high on life. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know her name? Uh, Ruby. Ruby. She's so cute. I love that name. I know. That's awesome. Good for you. You're a hero. Uh, I like to think of myself that way. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, how are you today? I'm good. I'm tired. I'm so excited about this story, though, that I'm going to power through and it'll wake me right up because nothing wakes me up like a good scandal. Oh, me neither. 
(laughs) So today, Beck is going to tell us all about how our amazing bodies are constantly working to maintain a tight pH balance. Mm -hmm. Last week, I asked you about alkaline water and if you've ever tried it. So this will do, we'll do some myth busting today about alkaline water and alkaline diets. And then I'm going to share the story of a convicted medical fraudster who made tons of money selling fake medical cures, pseudoscientific diets, and dangerous supplements to people mostly with cancer. Oh my goodness. I actually, I didn't know he was convicted. (laughs) Multiple times. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like I'll hear about these things, these different types of diets, and then they just drop off the face of the earth. And because I never followed them, Mm-hmm. I used to not keep up with them, but now that we have this podcast and like now that we're in the food world, it's so friggin' interesting to go back and like learn about all of these quacks. I know. Totally. And this information actually wasn't like the easiest to find. I had to piece it together from so many different articles and like you'll see, but like all these different convictions are over a really long time period mm-hmm. and always for like shorter periods of time. And so I feel like Maybe each one wasn't that sensational, but when you look at the whole picture, it's like, how the heck was this allowed to happen? Mm -hmm. And some of this guy's ideas, I feel like have had staying power on social media and like in fad diet circles. Not the whole thing, but like ideas from it. Like the alkaline water. I think you'll (laughs) the alkaline water chlorophyll. Ah, yay, yay. Yeah. So I think we should just do it. It's a big story. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's dive in. Okay, cool. The information in this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. If you're interested in medical nutrition therapy or personalized nutrition advice, please talk to a physician or registered dietitian in your area. If you have a history of disordered eating, be advised that nutrition details will be discussed and take the steps you need to protect your recovery journey. All the citations and relevant links for anything mentioned in this episode will be in our show notes on our website, unsavorypodcast.com. This podcast may contain coarse language, mature subject matter, and content of a violent or disturbing nature. Listener discretion is advised. This is an independently produced podcast. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can sign up as a donor through the Patreon link in our bio. If you could rate, review, follow, and share our show with your true crime and food-loving friends, that would really help us out, and we will be forever grateful. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. So this intro is a bit sciencey. But it's also so freaking cool. I feel like our bodies are so cool. They are. I honestly, every time I like learn more, I mean, I knew the majority of this from our our undergrad Mm -hmm. courses, but every time I learn more about the body, I'm like, man, 
It is the coolest thing. It's doing a lot of stuff for us all the time. Yes, definitely. It's pretty cool. All right. So to start, I'm going to tell you a bit about why pH is so important. So pH basically tells us the chemical conditions of all solutions. So solutions like our blood, which is very important, or the acid in our stomachs, and also things like rainwater or the solutions within our food. When it comes to the pH of our body, it can play an important role in like the behavior of chemicals or microbes, in many biological functions like digestion, and in many disease states or even in treatments. So do you actually, do you know what pH stands for? No, I don't. I feel like I should, but I don't. Honestly, like you don't need to know. It is kind <laughs> of interesting. So it actually stands for potential or power of hydrogen. Okay. So pH, yeah. That makes sense. And I mean, I'm guessing a lot of people listening know pH is kind of like the scale used to measure whether something is an acid or a base. Mm-hmm. But what actually makes something an acid or a base is the presence or lack of hydrogen ions. So acidic solutions have more hydrogen ions and a lower pH because they have less potential for hydrogen because they already have hydrogen. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Yes. Totally it does. So then basic solutions, they have more hydroxyl ions and they actually take up or collect hydrogen ions in a solution. So they therefore have like a higher potential for hydrogen and therefore a higher pH value. Makes sense. Perfect. (laughs) So the pH scale goes from like zero, which is acidic, to 14, which is basic. And right in the middle of this scale, we have seven, which is like a neutral pH. And this means that the acid and base proportions of the solution are pretty well balanced. Uh, When it comes to health and wellness, there's so much fear-mongering and misunderstanding about maintaining pH balance or homeostasis in the body. And I know you're going to get into this like a little bit more, but I had one example from when I was doing my research for this episode. Uh, I came across like a website for a pretty like well-known bottled water company who I will not name here for legal reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But on their website, they make such a ridiculous claim. So their website basically states, when we drink liquids that are too acidic or too alkaline, which is basically another word for basic, um, it can disrupt the body's delicate balance, which can lead mm-hmm. to the development of bacteria, viruses, fungi, yeasts, and parasites. They need a dietitian on their team. I know. It's fear-mongering. It's fear-mongering for sure. Okay, so like the disruption of our body's pH can be very dangerous to the point where it could potentially be lethal, But if it were that easy to change pH, we would literally all be dead. Yeah. Especially if like the pH of something as neutral as water could throw off our body's like pH balance. Because water is like right in the middle there around seven. Sometimes it's actually just like a little bit more alkaline naturally. Mm -hmm. But like for instance, if we ate like a salad that had a lemon vinaigrette, which is pretty acidic, both lemon and vinegar, our blood wouldn't like suddenly become acidic. That's just not the way that it happens. So in healthy individuals, diet has a very minimal, if any, effect on the blood or extracellular pH. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) So I just think it's so annoying that that water company put that on their website because then people are going to think they need to know the pH of the liquids that they're drinking and they just don't. I know. It's creating worry where there's quite literally no need to worry. What's worse is... I can't even remember what I looked at, but it was something very basic. 
And it was one of the first, basic, I was one of the first um, (laughs) results that came up for my search. So they're clearly highly optimized, like their website's optimized. And it's one of the first results that people are going to see when they look that question up, which is very frustrating. That makes me sad. I might report their website somehow. (laughs) To who? Uh, Google? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Let me know how that goes. (laughs) Okay, so... Our blood actually maintains a pH between 7.36 and 7.44. So it's fairly regulated between that range and it's fairly neutral. And the body does basically anything and everything it can to keep it around this range by using the functionality of both the kidneys and the lungs. So the kidneys balance the pH in the blood by reabsorbing what are called bicarbonate ions from our urine and putting them back into our blood to neutralize any excess acid and by getting rid of any hydrogen ions in our blood through our urine. So we pee them out. So basically it has like those two functions mainly. Our blood pH remains consistent like throughout the day, but our urine can become more acidic as the kidneys help maintain this balance. The lungs then pump out the bicarbon ions that have bound to the excess acid, as well as the waste product from our cells, both of which become carbon dioxide. Are you still with me? Yeah, I am. Okay. I'm following. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's very sciencey. Anyway, CO2, so carbon dioxide, is a bit more acidic. And um, as I said, it's also created when our cells use oxygen. It then travels through our blood and then out our lungs. And our brain monitors this entire system, and it makes you either breathe more or less depending on the rate in which your cells are working and the excess CO2 in our body. That is so cool. I feel like most people don't think about the lungs being involved in this. I know. And it's constant. It's so cool. I know. Like our bodies are quite literally built to like maintain this balance or like homeostasis. Yeah. And you wouldn't notice like if your breathing rate slightly increased or decreased to mm-hmm. keep that pH, like it's probably so subtle. I know. And then I think about like when we're doing physical activity, obviously we mm-hmm. start breathing more because our body's working, our cells are working a little bit harder. Yeah. It's very interesting. So there are just a few instances where this whole situation might not be the situation. So like if you have a serious medical condition affecting the lungs or the kidneys, this might be a little bit out of whack. So there are two types of pH balance disorders. So there's alkalosis and there's acidosis. So alkalosis is when the blood is too basic or alkaline and acidosis is when the blood is too acidic. So if either of these conditions are the result of a lung disorder or breathing issue, they're referred to as respiratory. So respiratory alkalosis or acidosis. If the condition is the result of kidney malfunction, it is referred to as metabolic. So metabolic alkalosis or acidosis. And now I'm just going to take a couple minutes to discuss metabolic acidosis which as I just said, is like the buildup of acid in the blood due to some type of kidney malfunction. So um, some of the more likely causes of this condition include a buildup of sodium bicarbonate in the blood due to extreme instances of things like diarrhea or vomiting, a buildup of ketones due to lack of insulin, a buildup of lactic acid due to some cancers or misuse of alcohol, 
and renal tubular acidosis, which is where like the kidneys kind of hold on to the body's acid and they don't release it like back into um, the bloodstream. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So metabolic acidosis can also be the result of ingesting certain chemicals. So like methanol, antifreeze, or very large doses of aspirin can result in this. All of these are super serious conditions. I mean, it's the same condition, but instances. And they can result in symptoms like exhaustion, more vomiting, diarrhea, and in the most severe cases, a coma or death. So like if someone's experiencing even a slight acidosis or a slight alkalosis, like they're going to know. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be walking around with like an acidic body and just going about your daily functions. Like it's really limiting. Yeah. You will definitely know. You'll be in the hospital. Yes. I don't know what it is, but since like my very first biology class, I always feel like the acidic side should be 7 to 14 and the alkaline side should be 0 to 7. I know. And I like can't shake it. Even just there I said something. And I'm like, why is like acidic should be higher and bigger and like the bigger number, but it's not. It's the tinier number. Yeah, because basic (laughs) sounds like it should be like 0. Less. (laughs) Yeah, less than. (laughs) Yeah. I can't, I can't shake it. I'll never, I'll never shake it. I have to like think about it every time. But just, okay, if you think about basic, like it's searching for hydrogen, like it needs something else because it's so basic. True. Okay. And okay. so its potential for hydrogen is higher. So it's a yeah. high pH. Okay. okay. But yeah, I feel like just like based on that list that I just mentioned to you, like I didn't name any acidic foods. No. That cause metabolic acidosis. Mm-hmm. The closest thing to food was like a very large dose of aspirin, which mm-hmm. an, like a normal person wouldn't be taking anyways. Yeah. But I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm just going to sum up this intro because I feel like you're going to take it away. But there's currently like no evidence that food or drink alone can significantly impact the pH of the blood in healthy individuals. So our bodies are literally designed to keep us alive. And if something is out of whack, with our pH system? Well, no. So things like slightly less or slightly like more alkaline water are quite literally the least of our worries. The least of our worries. Oh, that was good. That was a perfect segue. Oh, good. You set me up absolutely perfectly. And I think it's so freaking cool how our bodies are always working to protect us, to keep us safe and Mm -hmm. balanced. And it's definitely good to know that we don't need to be scared of water or buy alkaline water or follow an alkaline diet. Hear me out here for a second. Okay. You know, like the whole zero calorie food trends and how your body is like working off these calories, like celery, for instance. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's all BS. We know that. Yeah. There's no such thing as a zero calorie food. Mm -hmm. But I just find it so interesting that we'll pick things like that, where it's like, oh, our body's working so hard and it's burning Mm -hmm. off all these calories. But in the instance of like acid in our body and like having something that's more acidic, our body is also working to get rid of that acid. Totally. Yeah. Do you follow what I'm saying? (laughs) Yes. And I just like, I think it's so bonkers that like diet culture will focus on like zero calorie foods because like our body is working to get rid of them. But when it comes to acid, it's not focusing on the fact that our bodies are amazing and working off that acid. also doing work. Yes. Yeah. And same with things like regulating our temperature. Yes. Like these are, there's so much going on behind the scenes in our body that requires work and energy that we just don't think about. 
like our brains right now as we have this conversation. Right now. <laughs> I'm breathing. <laughs> I'm blinking. Like there's all these things. <laughs> I'm blinking. Like there's all these things. There's all these things. There's all these things. Okay. So today I'm just going to dive in because this is Do the it. longest part and I trimmed it down from 13 pages to a reasonable amount for this podcast. I can't so, believe that. I know. It was it was wild. I had to take out a lot of my ranting and raving, <laughs> which is probably for the best. I feel like there's going to be some tangents where you just rant anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. I'll be quiet now. <laughs> okay. So today I'm going to tell you all about the author of The PH Miracle, aka The Quack That Won't Quit, Robert Oldham Young. So my main sources for this episode were the case report from Don Kelly versus Robert O. Young from the Court of Appeal, 4th Appalachian District Division, 1 State of California, and then also Robert Young's website and Facebook pages. And then I used a bunch of news articles that, of course, you can find listed in the show notes. There's actually not too much information online about Robert's childhood and upbringing, which reminds me of Gwen Shamblin I know, from that's last so week. Weird. Yeah, I'm like, why are these childhoods a mystery? Born in labs, <laughs> that's why. Yeah. <laughs> but his website states that he attended the University of Utah on a tennis scholarship and studied biology and business in the 1970s, but he didn't graduate. He then did Mormon missionary work for two years, so I think it's safe to assume he grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But again, very little info on his childhood, so I couldn't really confirm that. He then allegedly went on to get a doctorate in naturopathy and nutrition from a distance education school that was never accredited by any agency or even recognized by the U.S. Department of Education. It was called the Clayton College of Natural Health, and it closed after a class action lawsuit was filed seeking recoveries on behalf of thousands of former students. What? Okay, Mm -hmm. you can get a doctorate from like a, like, could I just create my own doctorate? Absolutely. And give it to you? Yep. It's called a diploma mill. (laughs) What? I did not know that. So you can just, you can literally buy doctorates for like your cat. (laughs) I'm serious. Oh my gosh. Um, So the prosecution at his, spoiler alert, (laughs) 2016 trial said that his doctorate was purchased from a diploma mill after it was noted that he went from a bachelor's degree that he didn't even finish to a doctorate in about eight months' time. Oh, my goodness. While there's very little information about what he is actually doing today, I was able to find a recent public letter from the Federal Trade Commission, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, that was addressed to his home in California, where he reportedly lives or lived, you'll understand why I don't really know later, on a grapefruit and avocado ranch called Rancho del Sol. Hmm. So, which sounds lovely, but I was also like, aren't ranches for livestock and a grapefruit avocado would be a farm? And aren't grapefruits super acidic? Lots of questions there, but that is what I found. (laughs) (laughs) So Robert's almost complete lack of formal education did not stop him from building a fraudulent but highly successful business based on his strongly held conviction that the basis for all disease is a pH imbalance in the body caused by acidic diet and lifestyle choices. And as Becca just shared, our bodies have an incredible series of mechanisms in place to ensure that the pH of our blood stays within this very tight range. And when it leaves that tight range, it's dangerous and it's Mm -hmm. very acute and 
Like we will know immediately if that happens. Mm -hmm. And there's no evidence in humans that supports Young's theories about acidity and disease. And most of his theories go completely against what we know about science and biology. Right. Like, I definitely agree with the fact that, like, a pH imbalance might either lead to or be an indication of disease. Mm -hmm. But if we blame it all on diet and lifestyle choices, it's just that's just not feasible. It just doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like your body wouldn't be functioning properly if diet was Mm -hmm. affecting your blood pH. Totally. And also, like, when we eat something, I think I say this later, but I'll just say it now. When we eat something, it goes into our stomach, which is an acidic environment. So acidic. No matter what we eat, it goes into this crazy acidic environment. And then when it goes into our small intestine, it gets hit with a bunch of bicarbonate ions Mm -hmm. and becomes alkaline Mm -hmm. or neutralized. Yep. Neutralized, probably. I'll fact check if I have to. (laughs) But, like, it doesn't matter what you're putting in in because it's going to, like, the body's going to adjust it. Right. So regardless, Young promotes his alkaline diet, the pH miracle diet, and a wide range of pH miracle supplements, of course, Mm -hmm. all while sharing his belief that an acidic environment is what causes pretty much every chronic disease. So cancer, obesity, osteoporosis, even the flu, skin disorders, um, diabetes, even type 1, he really doubles down and basically thinks that everything is due to acidity in the body. And he actually claims that instead of all these different diseases, there's only one disease and it is an overall acidic environment in the body. Hmm. And the only cure is an alkaline diet and the supplements, which he shares in his book, The pH Miracle, and then all the subsequent versions, The pH Miracle for Diabetes, The pH Miracle for Weight Loss, and the PH Miracle revised. Oh my gosh, do you get into the weight loss one? I'm curious to know his theory Ooh. around that. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, tiny bit, tiny bit. Overall, the books recommend a low-stress lifestyle, mm-hmm. high water content, and a high-chlorophyll plant-based diet. So far, I can get behind those things. Yeah, same. Yes to self-care, yes to hydration, yes to plant-based foods. But that's pretty much where the good stuff ends. Turns out the alkaline diet is actually an extremely strict cleansing program. This is giving me such way down vibes. Major way down vibes. In the 12-week pH miracle plan, dieters are told to drink one liter of alkaline water, which is essentially water with baking soda, (laughs) for every 30 pounds of body weight. So that's a lot of water. And to consume a diet consisting of 70 to 80% green vegetables. So that's a lot of fiber combined with a lot of liquid. Um, So like most cleanses and miracle diets, it seems like the secret ingredient here is diarrhea. (laughs) The diet starts off with at least a two to three week liquid cleanse based on whatever your weight loss and health goals are, combined with a pretty serious supplement regime, which includes pH drops, powdered greens, and an herbal bowel cleanser. Five days a week of exercise is also recommended, which I would decidedly not recommend while consuming a liquid-only diet. And I would also never recommend consuming a liquid-only diet unless medically necessary. Oh my gosh. I lived with some roommates who all went on like a liquid diet at the same time. A juice cleanse. Oh my gosh. I didn't do it. They all did it. 
I, it was the most miserable household for, I think it was three <laughs> so days. So snappy. Like, oh, yes. Passive aggressive. <laughs> they were, they were like, they're all hangry. They were cheating by like having, um, Broth. Oh my because gosh. Because you weren't allowed to have like broth. It was just these juices that you obviously had to purchase, which is such a red flag and are expensive. Yeah. And they would cheat by like having chicken broth. That's so sad. I know. But at the time, like I also like didn't know any better. I just like didn't want to join in on that. Oh my goodness. It sounds miserable. Honestly, a juice cleanse sounds like the hardest thing ever. Truly. Okay. So according to a critical review of the pH miracle diet by the American Dietetics Association, It's based on the author's theory that shifting the body to a more alkaline pH will cause excess fat to melt away and make it easier to build lean muscle Mm. with, you know, no mechanisms or plausible explanation. Just that's what it says. And the ultimate goal is to replace unhealthy acidic blood cells with all new cells for optimal health. Young also recommends abstaining from acidic foods. So sugar, red meat, shellfish, eggs, dairy, processed and refined foods, certain fruits, grains, artificial sweeteners, alcohol, coffee, chocolate, and soda. Because he believes such foods overload the body with acidity. And while some of these foods might be more acidic when they're outside of the body, the only real concern with acidity would possibly be with your teeth. Mm -hmm. Like Becca shared earlier, like everything passes through the acidic environment in the stomach and becomes acidic. And then we also have the lungs and the kidneys and everything in the body is doing its work. And then the contents are neutralized when they pass into the small intestine. The only other thing I could think of is heartburn, which I get when I eat grapefruit. You do? Aw. Yeah. I love it so much. And I go through phases like maybe once a year where I'll be like, grapefruit all day, every day. I'll have like half a grapefruit a day. And then I won't eat it again for a year because I get like slight bursts of heartburn. Yeah. Now, looking at the diet as a whole, and just trying to be nice for a second before I like tear this guy apart, (laughs) I think it's fair to say that a lot of people could eat more vegetables. And we know that cutting back on, you know, ultra processed foods, added sugar, trans and saturated fats, and increasing your intake of lean proteins, fiber, vitamins, minerals, that's a pretty well-documented good idea. Mm -hmm. Anyone really with a copy of Canada's food guide could tell you that. But beyond that, All the miraculous benefits that Young claims occur when you follow an alkaline diet are completely unsubstantiated. And frankly, the liquid fasting sounds like pure torture to me. The multiple supplements that are recommended would definitely be pretty pricey as well. And shocker, they're offered through Young's website, where he sells all sorts of unregulated products, such as the Liquid Lightning Alkaline Mineral Salt Clay, which claims it can quote, heal your skin and body (laughs) on sale now for $88. Oh my gosh. It's literally dirt. It's clay. And that that can heal your skin and body. Like that's so nonspecific. Heal them of what? Everything? Everything. (sighs) And just your whole body from toenails to your heart, like everything. (laughs) It'll just heal it. Would it heal my split ends? Yes, probably. I need a haircut (laughs) so bad. It's part of your body. (laughs) So before we get into the scandal, I need to give you a verbal tour of his website. I put the link there if you want to go to it. And I cut this part down a lot. I literally could have filled an entire hour going like line by line and debunking. So are you there? Yeah, I'm already okay. disappointed. The well, the text over the images, mm, I can't even read it. Not accessible. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
Okay, so when you first go to the website, I thought it looked okay. And I was thinking that, like, in comparison to the other Quacks websites we've been to, like, the Breatharian websites were, like, from the 80s and, like, just so odd-looking. And this one, I was like, okay, like, it's a decent, you know, blog template. (laughs) Okay, I take back what I said because I expanded my view and the text was not over the image anymore. So I think that it just shifts as you kind of compress the screen. So it's probably not very mobile-friendly. True. But that's <laughs> that's just my two cents. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so I thought it was, you know, clean. It uses a fairly accessible font. There's pictures of fruit and vegetables. But right in the center is this heading that says, The New Biology. Alkaline Living with Robert O. Young, MSc, DSc, PhD, naturopathic practitioner. Can you just imagine the colossal amount of audacity you'd have to have to claim that You, a guy with no science background or education at all, have discovered a new biology. Like the science of life that encompasses medicine, ecology, botany, physiology, genetics, evolution, like all of the things. And this guy just prints off a couple of fake degrees and is like, sorry, science, I've got a new biology Mm -hmm. for you. I just like it's so anyways. okay, it's intense. It's too much. Also, like what do these these letters stand for. We're going to have an MHSC that's basic. Like, you can't just... What is the legality about, like, putting letters after your name? Like, could I just do, like, Rebecca Harris, DM, dog mom? Like, I don't know. Like, could you just (laughs) do that? Yeah, you could. Yes. So we can fact check this because I actually don't know if you can legally put PhD because I'm not even... Like, I've finished my master's of health science, but mm-hmm. I haven't graduated yet. And so I can't use MHSC. I put it, like another C in brackets to show that I'm a candidate. And I, I don't think it's illegal, but it's like really frowned upon. Mm-hmm. It is illegal to pose as an MD, like as a doctor, mm-hmm. like a physician. That's illegal for sure. Or a registered dietitian. It's illegal to pose as one if you're, if you're not one. Mm-hmm. But I think with something like naturopathic practitioner, because it's not a traditional healthcare profession, it's not illegal to put naturopathic practitioner like that, even though he's he's not one. Right. He's not even a naturopathic practitioner. So there are some acronyms that are protected. I'm sure like registered nurse or, yeah, RN is mm-hmm. probably one of them too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so continue scrolling down on the homepage. You'll find a picture of Robert next to some testimonies. Okay, so the first testimony... Dr. Young may be on the threshold of a new biology whose principle, if proven, could revolutionize the biology and medicine worlds by Neil Solomon, MD, PhD, former head of research for John Hopkins University. So I read that and I was like, what? Like the former head of research of John Hopkins surely has a good understanding of research and biology. Why is he endorsing this claim? Mm -hmm. It, it it definitely, I was like, if I didn't know what I was doing here or like if I wasn't reading this with a critical eye, I would just be like, whoa, pretty legit. Yeah. So I quickly Googled Neil Solomon and the first headline that pops up is <clears throat> Solomon's patients, trust betrayed, lives ruined <gasps> as other doubts arise about his ethics and medical practices, the rise and fall of Dr. Neil Solomon in the Baltimore Sun from 1993. So 
I quickly learn, I know, that this guy was discredited and lost his medical license nearly 30 years ago for abusing his position of power to take sexual advantage of multiple female (sighs) patients. And now I'm down this huge wormhole. I'm like yelling because I was so like, what, when I found this? This guy, Neil Solomon, also built his career off diet books and became famous for his unfounded beliefs that cigarette smoking and obesity were actually allergies and could be treated by neutralizing the allergy, which is like illogical and just wrong. And that's all I'm going to say because I'm getting heated again. And I think he'd be a great candidate for another episode. Oh my gosh. I'm writing his name down. I I have chills right now. I cannot. I oh God. Why do people like this have to exist? We've been on his website for two seconds. And like, this is already the things that have come up. It's like so mind-blowing to me. And is he still going by MD? So no, I no, he okay. lost his medical license almost 30 years ago, but Robert O. Young has him on his website as MD. MD like PhD. I don't actually think Neil Solomon, there's like no updated information. As far as I know, he lost his license and didn't practice again. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I just oh yeah. I Googled them. Yeah. Jeez There's Louise. not a ton of like good info because it happened so long ago, like before the internet was even a thing. But mm-hmm. I want like I bet we could do a full episode on him. Likely. Oh my goodness. This is bad. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> we've barely landed on the homepage of his website. So far he's claimed to have a whole new biology. And um he's also got this quote from a completely discredited and predatory person. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it bothers me that no one would really like know this at first glance. The only reason I Googled it is because we have this commitment to doing the best research possible (laughs) for this podcast. But if I was just a regular person and I Googled it and got on this website, I don't think I would have a lot of immediate red flags, which kind of shows that he's a decent fraudster. Yeah, (laughs) decent fraudster. He's good at it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So next on our website tour, we have a little bit from his bio. So over the past two and a half decades, Robert O. Young has been widely recognized as one of the top research scientists in the world. Throughout his career, his research has been focused at the cellular level. Having specialized in cellular nutrition, Dr. Young has devoted his life to researching the true causes of, quote, disease, unquote, subsequently developing the new biology trademark, trademarked, <laughs> <laughs> trademarked uh, to help people balance their life. So just quickly, I'm going to like debunk in point form. Robert is absolutely not one of the top research scientists in the world. He does not have a specialty in cellular nutrition or any science or nutrition education at all. He is not a doctor or naturopathic practitioner. Diseases are real and don't need to be put in quotes. <laughs> and of course, The trademarked new biology is so hilariously delusional that I'm like, I can barely comment. I'm so speechless. Oh my gosh. It's like saying you have a new math. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Do you have a new division, new subtraction, new fraction, new calculus? Like that, you can't just say there's a new math. Yeah, you can't just say there's a new bio. Like it's so broad and also so like foundational to our understanding of life. My first degree was biology. (laughs) That's why I'm like fired up. I'm like, no. I mean, we're both now scientists, technically nutritional scientists. (laughs) So yeah, this is frustrating for sure. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what to comment at this point because I'm just a little bit mad. (laughs) One more thing. Okay, 
One more thing from his from his homepage, and then I'm we're done like with this roast of the website. <laughs> so he claims, quote, there is only one instrument in the human body that digests food, and that instrument is your teeth, mm. end quote. So apparently Young doesn't believe that the tongue, saliva, esophagus, stomach, pancreas, liver, gallbladder, small intestine, large intestine, microbiome, and all the digestive enzymes play any role in digestion. It's just the teeth. That would literally mean that like <laughs> our feces would look like <laughs> what we ate. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's so annoying. Yeah. Like if it was just the teeth involved, you would literally chew your food and then like open your mouth and just like di- <laughs> fully digested feces would come out. <laughs> oh, yeah. what a weird world this man lives in. I know. Okay. So that's enough. We're going to move away from the re- website because there's a lot more to this story and like we could stay there all day. Um, <laughs> so we're going to get back to the real reason we're here. Scandal. Oh, it's not the website? It's not the website. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. So Young's first run-in with the law occurred in 1995 when he drew blood from two women and told them that they were ill. So both drawing blood and communicating diagnoses are called protected acts. So you have to be a physician or a nurse or have a special medical directive to perform them. So as dietitians, we can't draw blood and we can't communicate a diagnosis. That has to come from the physician. But like, for instance, we can prick fingers. Because we have medical directives. Yes, for we have a medical directive to do that. But yeah, it's very, very structured. And I mean, it's obviously there to protect the public. Yes, totally. Um, So he did that. He drew blood. He told them that they were ill. And then he prescribed and sold them herbal products to treat their illness. And there's almost no information about this trial online. It happened in 1995. But Young did face two third-degree felony misdemeanor charges, and he pled guilty to a lesser misdemeanor charge. And I'd love to unpack this more, but frankly, there's no time. So (laughs) we have bigger scandals to get to. But that's the first, like almost 30 years ago, 1995, is when he was first charged with a misdemeanor. Wow. Sounds like we could have made this one a two-parter. Uh, Jeff suggested that, and I was like, no, we have to squeeze it into one. (laughs) Okay, so next up in 2001, Young was faced with another misdemeanor charge for telling a young woman to stop her chemotherapy treatments and use his super greens powder instead. He was then arrested when an undercover agent went to see him, and Young analyzed her blood and prescribed a liquid cleanse. And um, so then he was kind of caught, like, analyzing the blood, giving a prescription, essentially. What a brave undercover agent allowing (laughs) him to take her blood. And being subjected to a a juice cleanse. Um, And at this point, a judge ordered Young to stop drawing blood or risk being denied bail. But the charges were eventually dropped because the prosecutor didn't think there were enough victims willing to speak up against him to get a conviction. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Good. Yep. Uh, shortly after this, Young moved to California because he allegedly thought California might have a more tolerant attitude for, quote, dietary researchers, unquote, such as himself. Um, and that's when he set up Rancho del Sol, his new treatment center, and the avocado grapefruit ranch that's kind of confusing that i mentioned earlier what is the 
pH of a grapefruit. I'm looking it up. I don't know. It's between 2.9 and 3.3. That's super acidic. So for somebody who's like preaching that you should like eliminate or limit the acids in your food, I know that it's Mm -hmm. supposed to like, I don't know, his claim is that it changes in the body and yada, 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 which is partially true. But yeah, that's a very acidic food. I know. And to be to be completely honest, like I don't know how true the grapefruit ranch is. I think that came up once okay. in my reading. But I'm just like clinging on to it. <laughs> I was just like, what the heck is a grapefruit ranch? And so yeah. But he lives on this like ranch treatment center in California, which may or may not have grapefruits and avocados. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Next up we have Kim Tinkum. And she was a beautiful, vibrant mother of four in her early 50s when she was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. So in March 2007, she actually appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show after she had sent Oprah a letter that had like totally shocked Oprah. So she had to invite Kim onto the show and ask her about this letter. Tinkham had previously watched an Oprah special on The Secret. Do you remember that book, The Secret? No. Okay, so it was like a really big deal, I want to say like 10, 15 years ago, but it was just all about like the secret to life being the power of positive thinking and like whatever you think about and believe like you will attract. Mm -hmm. And I remember I tried to read it when I was like, and I was like, I hate this book. It's not true. (laughs) Like it was literally about like, oh, if you just really want that car or that career, like just think about it. Just enforcing toxic positivity. (laughs) Toxic positivity. And like, yes, I think you can kind of like think about the things you want and like, you know, I think it's a good tool to think positively, but I don't think it like changing your life is so simple as constantly thinking about like the things that you want. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. It's basically like manifestation. It is. Which I feel like is like good to some degree. It's good to have dreams and to like think about them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to like totally, you know, take a dump on (laughs) manifestation. (laughs) Undigested dump. I like never say that. Yeah. (laughs) But, um... Yeah. Anyway, so there was this Oprah special on The Secret. And then shortly after seeing this special, Kim Tinkham received her diagnosis of breast cancer. So like that was fresh in her mind and she had this diagnosis. And so she wrote Oprah this letter saying that she had spoken to three different doctors who had all agreed that she would need a partial mastectomy of the right breast followed by additional treatment. So like radiation and chemo. Mm-hmm. And against the doctor's advice, Tinkham decided to forego medical treatment completely and instead heal herself, keeping in mind the teachings from The Secret. So I watched the clip, which is available on YouTube and also in our references. And Oprah said, quote, I think it's irresponsible on your part not to take advantage of medical treatment because you have access in this country to the most profound medical treatment. I feel that you should use that. Mm -hmm. You should take advantage of that. And while you're taking advantage of that, you can think positively, think about attracting healing to yourself, think about the goodness that the healing will bring to yourself. But I don't think you should ignore all the advantages of medical science. Just like, yeah, yeah, Oprah, Oprah. Tinkham said she had the utmost respect for the medical profession, but she wanted to make her own choices. And she said that she found a doctor who was willing to work with her to change her nutrition to heal her cancer. And she says multiple times that he's a real doctor that specializes in breast cancer. But the doctor was Robert Young, who we know is not a real doctor at all. 
Tinkham worked with Young for about 1.5 years. During that time, she adopted his protocols from the pH Miracle Diet. In 2018, she publicly claimed to be cancer-free by all medical terms. And shortly after, she passed away from breast cancer. I knew that was coming, but it's still sad. Yeah, I know. And she's really, like, she's young and vibrant and, like, energetic and, you know, clearly believed that she was doing the right thing. There's there's lots of videos out there, but it's really sad. Yeah, and it's sad, too, because a mastectomy may have saved her life. It had the potential to save her life, yeah. I know. And despite the devastating outcome in Tinkham's case, her appearance on Oprah and her promotion of Young on her own website actually helped boost Robert Young's public image. So even though, you know, she passed away, mm-hmm. I feel like that part wasn't really communicated. It was more what had aired on Oprah previously. Hmm. So the most twisted part, in my opinion, is that Robert Young still has a video of her on his YouTube channel, published in 2020, What? in which Kim is happy and healthy looking and talking all about how Robert told her to put baking soda in her water to help bring up her pH. Wait. So 2020, so like 12 years after she passes away, he's using her as like a spokesperson for his nonsense. Mm -hmm. She passed away in like 2010, so like after that, but about 10 years after, and it was recently published on his YouTube channel. Why is he allowed to have a YouTube channel? I don't know, but it's a full hour. I didn't watch the full thing. It's a full hour of them just like chatting. So it's Robert and his wife and then Kim Tinkham, and they're just having a conversation about like, the positive aspects of working with Robert basically. And like he tells her how, you know, like her dry skin and her muscle soreness is due to all this acid in her body seeping into her connective tissues and muscles. And the video kind of makes it look like Robert is healing her, which we know he isn't because she passed away. Oh my gosh. It's really like, it's what's the word? Like it's just so fraudulent that he still has that up there and disrespectful Mm -hmm. But he still has that up there advertising his services, even though it's all a lie. Yeah. So moving right along, in January 2014, Young and two associates were arrested and charged with multiple counts of conspiring to practice medicine without a license. The press release stated that Young had accepted patients, including some who were terminally ill, and started administering IV treatments, which, again, would be a protected medical act that you need a medical license to perform. And in this case, Young was actually convicted of two counts of practicing medicine without a license. So again, just like, there's not too much about this, but this was like a state investigation into what he was doing. And he was charged with two counts of practicing medicine without a license. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. This is 2014. And just so you know, we haven't even gotten to the big case yet. That's coming next. I'm noticing we're about halfway through your notes. We're about halfway through. I know. (laughs) This is already so (laughs) mind-blowing. So during this trial, Young had to publicly declare, I, Robert O. Young, declare freely and voluntarily under penalty of perjury that I do not have any post-high school educational degrees from any accredited schools. I am not a microbiologist. I am not a hematologist. I am not a medical doctor. I am not a naturopathic doctor. I am not a trained scientist. But remember, this is the quack that won't quit. And that didn't stop Young from getting slapped with another lawsuit. And this one is the biggest one of all. And it's kind of confusing. I just want to clarify. But this story that I'm going to tell right now actually starts before that last charge. Okay. 
And so that last charge, like by the state, was kind of in the middle of this l- other lawsuit unfolding. Okay. So it it like happened over the course of seven or eight years. So next we have Don Cali. And this research from here on out is largely from the Don Cali versus Robert O. Young court documents that I mentioned earlier. So any quotes for the rest of this story are from that specific court document. Okay. Okay. So Don Cali was a lovely young mother who discovered a lump in her left breast in 2007. Cali underwent a lumpectomy of what was a stage one cancer at the time. And her surgeon told her that she would likely need further treatment to prevent the cancer from returning, which upset Callie and prompted her to seek alternative treatments. She sought advice from Justin Smith, a former student of Young's, who analyzed her blood and told her that her blood was, quote, dirty, needed cleansing, and told her that her blood was acidic and she needed to follow Young's strict protocol of 12 weeks of liquid food, blended, pureed, and juiced, no sugar, no fruit, no dairy, no meat, mostly just greens, avocado, cucumber, and tomato. Pretty sure tomato is also acidic, FYI. Yep. He also recommended that she visit Young's ranch, where he treated patients so that she could purchase some supplements. At this point... Callie believed that she was cancer-free after the surgery and just needed to clean out her blood and get healthier. So she like had this huge scare, had the surgery and was just like, I need to get on track and was probably drawn to this like whole revolutionary diet change and plus all these, you know, bogus claims. But I can see, you know, after a scare, she's a young mother. I can see why she's drawn into this, right? Mm -hmm. So Callie saw Schmidt three times between 2007 and 2008. Each time he reassured her that she was getting healthier and improving and just needed to be more strict about juicing and taking her supplements. In 2009, Callie decided to go to the ranch and take Young's $10,000 course on microscopy. Oh my God. With the additional cost of a $7,000 microscope. What? Why? (laughs) Yeah. This guy's not even a scientist. I know. In my huge rant that I had to delete, I also like critiqued his Facebook page and some of the claims on there. And there was this post from 2012 that had this like bogus video that showed literally nothing, but it was like a microscope video, allegedly showing one of his theories of a red blood cell turning into a bacteria. He also believes that your red blood cells just turn into bacteria, which doesn't happen. (laughs) Doesn't happen at all bacteria can travel in the blood. You can get a blood infection, but your red blood cells don't just turn into bacteria. But he, yeah, Yeah. but he had this microscope video. He claimed it was of that. I'm not even convinced it was actually of red blood cells, period, because there was no pigment on the screen unless Mm. he put like a black and white filter over it (laughs) for like aesthetics. But when you usually look at blood under a microscope, it would be pigmented Red. red. Yeah. Anyways. And he had this whole rant. And then at the end, he was like, Sign up for my classes, 800 bucks a class, or the full course, $10,000, like just advertising. $10,000. 10,000 bucks. I know. Oh my yep. gosh, that's like a university education. Well, like maybe like a year and a half of university. <laughs> year and a half of university. Okay, so during one of these classes, Young analyzed Callie's blood in front of all the other students and shared that her blood looked bad as he saw cancer markers in it. And these cancer markers, keep coming up in Young's claims and teachings, but as far as I could find, he'd never specified what the markers were. 
And there are markers, but he just always refers to cancer markers. And he has this like mystical level of 100. So if your cancer markers are less than 100, you're fine. That's what he would say. Jeez. Kelly testified that this experience in front of the class left her feeling devastated and terrified. Shortly after that class, Kelly did feel a small lump in her left breast. At the time, she believed it was her fault that the cancer had returned because she hadn't been able to adhere 100% to the pH miracle diet. She also believed that having surgery to remove the cancer in 2007 might have actually caused the return of her cancer based on what Young was teaching her. So like, what kind of bullshit lies and explanations was he feeding her when she's in this like vulnerable state? Right. Callie ended up paying Young $150 for just a 10-minute call to discuss the lump, during which Young reiterated his theories on cancer, telling Callie that, quote, cancer was a liquid, not a cell, end quote, and that the tumor was the, quote, solution to the problem and that removing the tumor would only cause further problems, end quote. What? Yeah. Young's recommendation? Callie should adhere 100% to the pH miracle diet. Despite Young's advice, Callie did consult with her original surgeon, who informed Callie that the lump was suspicious, but it was still stage one. So Callie doubled down and decided to go all in on Young's pH miracle program. I think she made the wrong choice. Me too. In February 2010, Callie learned she was pregnant, and she found that it was difficult to follow Young's program of a liquid diet while also growing a human. Oh my God. No. Yes, I know. This the baby's okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just so we don't just to not stress you out. Okay. You're probably gonna get into this, but like if he recommended a liquid diet for a pregnant woman, I'm gonna lose my cool. <laughs> <clears throat> Despite knowing that Callie was four months pregnant, <laughs> Young insisted she stay on the liquid diet. <laughs> I hate this guy. And Callie followed his advice. Callie testified that even though she was aware she had a tumor in her breast, she believed it was a symptom and that it wouldn't survive in an alkaline environment if she could just stick to the diet. So Young continued to advise Callie not to have the tumor removed and told her that it was unnecessary to get a biopsy of the lump in her breast, insisting that it would just make things worse. Oh my gosh. Now it's I know. It's so manipulative. It's so man- manipulative. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like I understand now why you're notes were 13 pages long. Totally. Yeah, there's a lot of details I actually left out, sort of. Like, they weren't an important part of the case, Mm -hmm. I felt. But, like, Kelly was also at some point, like, making income from the ranch. So she was really invested in this whole situation. And also, this is another one that I don't think I actually ended up putting in here. But there's another doctor on staff that's, like, never mentioned in anything but he was there basically as a friend for, like, purchasing IVs. Like an actual doctor. An actual doctor, like, on the docket. And he was named in the lawsuit, but he wasn't a part of the story. So I don't really understand how he fit in. Yeah, it was tricky. Anyways, tons and tons and tons of details here. And I trimmed them as best I could. Okay, so in January 2012, Callie had blood work ordered by her surgeon that showed her cancer markers were up. And according to Callie, Young advised her that the numbers don't really matter because they were still below that certain threshold of 100, that magical threshold, and once again encouraged her to follow his program even more strictly. So he's always like putting it on her like you're just not being strict enough. And at this point, 
Callie did believe that if she could follow his program more diligently, it would cure her cancer, but she did opt to have the lump removed surgically in April 2012. So about two weeks after that surgery, Callie traveled back to Young Center and told him about the surgery. And he told Callie that she was in really bad shape. She needed IVs in order to saturate her blood and tissues using sodium bicarbonate, a.k.a. baking soda. What? Yeah. (laughs) So Young gives her a pick line, which is the IV that goes right to the central veins near your heart. I actually like, yeah, nobody can see my face right now, but I'm frozen. Speechless. I know. (laughs) And that's definitely not something that can be performed by an unqualified individual. Like you have to be a nurse or, or a doctor. You have to be trained to insert that. So shortly after, Kelly found three small lumps in her lymph nodes. She decided she needed some accountability to Young's program so she could stick to it even more strictly. And so she began to keep a diary. And she vowed in her diary to avoid what Young called stinking thinking, which, quote, stinking thinking, which was what he called the thoughts of individuals that didn't succeed in his program. Again, that classic tactic of putting the blame on the individual and blaming it on their mindsets or their thoughts or their stinking thinking, which was totally a thing with Gwen Shamblin last week, totally a thing with the breatharian diet Mm -hmm. thing. It's never your thoughts. It's always the program. It's not the best fit for you or anyone. However, if the mindset was all that mattered, Callie would have been cured at this point because she wholeheartedly believed that her chances of surviving cancer were better using Young's program than if she had attempted chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery, which obviously isn't the case, but she really believed it. In her diary entry from March 12th, 2013, she wrote that she had another, quote, kick your ass IV treatment and was experiencing flu-like symptoms and back pain, which is like, just such an intense red flag for putting bicarbonate, like baking soda literally into the veins around your heart. Of course she's experiencing all these symptoms. That's really dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly's lab results from March and May 2013 showed that her cancer markers were significantly up. However, Young reassured Kelly that the numbers weren't that important and blamed the increase on a ginger and turmeric drink that she had recently had. The blood work also suggested heart problems, which Young claimed were because she was drinking unapproved liquids. But Callie said she later learned that the heart problems were actually due to the pick line that Young had inserted. Okay, yeah, because like, just like, I don't (laughs) care. I have so many thoughts in my head and I don't even know if these are like good thoughts. But when (laughs) it comes to like, it's sodium bicarbonate that he's putting Mm -hmm. in the pick line. Is that a normal... Thing to like alkalize the blood? Is that a normal thing to do? I don't feel comfortable answering okay. without a fact check. So let's, let's fact, fact check. check. But I think that's a good question. Fact checking Sarah here. I am, of course, not a doctor, but it seems like the answer here is maybe. So most often, treatment of acidosis is directed at reversing the cause. In metabolic acidosis, treatment may be needed to control diabetes with insulin or to remove the toxic substance from the blood in cases of poisoning. In respiratory acidosis, treatment would focus on improving the function of the lungs, so drugs that open the airways might be used to help breathing. In cases of severe acidosis, 
Bicarbonate might be given intravenously. However, bicarbonate provides only temporary relief and may cause more harm than good by overloading the body with sodium and water. And so it's considered a last resort. Again, I'm not a doctor. Kelly left the center in July 2013 and decided to save some money and use her insurance to seek medical advice. Good. Which I, I know. I love that money, like saving some money was like the motivation here. <laughs> She's like, I'm tapped out at this ranch. So she consulted with an oncologist, Dr. Garrett Smith, and received a PET scan that showed her cancer had progressed and she now had stage four cancer mm. that had metastasized to her spine, femur, chest, and lymph nodes. Oh, gosh. While still in the doctor's office, Callie called Young, and finally, Young told her to follow the doctor's advice. Uh, At this point where it's too late, essentially. In October 2013, Callie saw a post that Young had put on the internet. It showed two PET scans that Callie had sent him, showing her cancer in remission after treatment with Dr. Smith. But Young was using the images to claim that the pH miracle diet had put her into remission. No. Yes. So no. she received treatment, like medical treatment, and then he used these images that she sent him. I know. It's bad. So I did kind of find them online. So there was like this old WordPress site that belonged to Dr. Young. And I saw the post where the images used to be, but like, you know, when an image disappears and it's just like that little Box. tiny. So like, yeah, but yeah. the captions were still there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just fraud on fraud yeah, on fraud this guy's on fraud. a criminal. I know. Kelly did eventually lose faith in Young when he was arrested in January 2014. So that's that trial I told you about earlier. Shortly thereafter, an investigator from the San Diego District Attorney's Office contacted her, but at first she was unwilling to cooperate. It wasn't until the DA's office contacted her again in November 2015 that Callie decided to appear as a witness in the criminal case against Young. And as a result of this trial, that's where Callie testified that she learned that his doctorates were just done online in an eight-month period and that he was actually not a doctor. So, like, I can't 100% confirm this, but it seems to me like she genuinely didn't know that he wasn't a doctor until the trial. It makes me a little sad, too, that, like, maybe she wasn't, like, transparent or expressing this to her, like, the actual medical professionals mm -hmm. involved in her treatment. But it makes me sad that, like, nobody along the way told her either. Yeah. Well, okay, this is another part that I cut out. But she had an aunt that had breast cancer who was extremely anti-medicine. Okay. And same with, I believe, her mom or her grandmother. But definitely this aunt were, like, putting tons of pressure on her not to go with the medical system, Aww. huge distrust. And so there was like that whole piece too. And so I feel like she was just averse to medical treatment like from the get-go. Yeah. And so probably didn't even share all this with her doctor or um, even go to the doctor very much. Yeah. I, I get that there are people out there that don't believe in medicine or science, but like it's like our best guess as to what's going to work for you. That's quite literally what science and medicine is, is like it's researched. It's like your best chance based on so mm -hmm. many tests and things like that. Like I feel like people make it like political. They make it, I don't know, they make yeah. it personal, but really it's yeah. just like a series of tests that have worked for people. I know. Is what science is. 
So when people like don't believe in it, it just blows my mind. Well, I also think people don't really understand what it means when they say like, oh, I don't trust medicine or I don't like believe in medicine. It's like they almost say it kind of flippantly like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't take the public transit. Like it's like yeah. a choice, but it's like it's a it's it's more than just. I don't even know how to explain what I want to say, but like <laughs> it's an institution. It's built over centuries and centuries of trial and error. Like everyone wants to heal you. That's the point of the medical system. For sure. No one's trying to trick you or con you or like pump you full of big pharma. Like it's everyone becomes a healthcare practitioner, at least in Canada, because I'm saying that because like it's less privatized. Yeah. yeah. So there's less like intense money, mm-hmm. even though you would still make pretty good money. It's not filled with cons. There's nothing to distrust. It's evidence-based best option. Yeah. Like if Dr. Young had actually been a doctor, there's no way he would have gotten away with this for as long as he did. Like if he was actually working in a hospital or something like that. Um, I think that's what pisses me off. Yeah. Like how the frick could a guy, like he could get away with this for years and years and years and years, but if an actual doctor did it, medical license pulled, put in jail. Yeah. Immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Although he would have been able to put a pick line in, probably. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that he, like, it seems like there weren't any, like, infections Fatalities. or, like, Yeah. And I can't believe that because of his, like, pick lines or anything. Okay. So Callie said, quote, there was no research. There were no testimonials. And the people that came forward to say that they had been cured, I think it was one, didn't have anything from a medical doctor following up to say that they no longer had cancer. So basically, she's saying like how she was duped Mm -hmm. as she realizes it in retrospect. Kelly's oncologist testified that there is no scientific evidence that an alkaline diet has any effectiveness against cancer and that the stage one breast cancer that Kelly had been initially diagnosed with had a very high cure rate, like 90%. Whereas the stage four cancer that she had at the time of the trial was incurable. And at this point, the goal of treatment was not to cure, but to keep her alive um, with a good quality life as long as possible. That is so unfortunate. Yeah. So during the investigation, the center, the ranch was searched and 351 patient files were obtained. Of those files, 81 were cancer patients. And the lead investigator, James Clark, testified that Based on the number of death certificates, 12 to 15 people had died. But of course, that doesn't actually mean too much. Like that doesn't mean they died specifically because of his care. It's a correlation, not a causation. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. Young denied being Callie's doctor, treating her, or ever diagnosing her. Wow. I know. Even though he had her her scans and was putting them on the Mm. internet, it's probably when he took them down. Yeah, I know. There's a lot. I bet. Oh my God, though. Like to not even have the thoroughness to delete the like title of the the image. Oh God, (laughs) this guy. I know. So during most of this criminal case, including the trial, Young had been represented by a private attorney, but by the time he was actually sentenced, he was out of money and had to be represented by a public defender. After deliberating just three hours, the jury awarded Callie $1 million for medical expenses. $89.5 $89.5 million for past and future pain and suffering. Wow. And the jury hit Young with an additional $15 million in punitive damages for a total of $105 million. Okay. What year was this? This was... 2018. 2018. Wow. Really recently. Yeah. Pretty recent. $105 million. Mm-hmm. 
how does somebody that's broke? I know. How, how are they that's ever going to pay I've that? Never understood. I've never understood that about lawsuits. Like what? So if you get slapped with like a huge, huge lawsuit and you just have no money, nobody gets anything. Like I think that you are indebted to them. Like you owe them that money. But I feel like if you don't yeah, have money, but, how are you ever going to pay that money? Totally. I know. Yeah. Good question. We should ask a lawyer. Liam here, unsavory super fan and also civil litigator. Sarah asked a good question, which was whether the plaintiff gets anything if it wins a lawsuit, but the defendant is impecunious, meaning it has no money, to pay the judgment. So the plaintiffs aren't always out of options for enforcing their judgments when a defendant has a bank account, which is net zero. If the defendant has assets like real property or even personal property like cars or equipment, then the plaintiff can obtain a writ of seizure and sale, which can allow the plaintiff to effectively seize and then sell those assets and have the returns, which is cool because it also kind of involves the court's sheriff, which is very Wild West. Or if the defendant is a corporate defendant without money or assets, the plaintiff can try and force their judgment against the individual directors or officers personally, meaning against their assets, if they intentionally have judgment-proofed the company to avoid paying the judgment, or if they were bad apples. Sorry, it's a dietetics podcast. I couldn't help myself. Or lastly, a plaintiff can garnish wages, which is also an excellent word for this podcast. They can garnish wages or existing debts owed to the defendant, meaning if a third party owes the defendant money, then the plaintiff can jump the line and force the third party to pay it instead of the defendant. At the time of Robert's sentencing in 2018, Rancho del Sol was up for sale, that's the ranch, and treatments were no longer being provided at his property. So I tried to find where Robert Young is today. Um, I don't really know, which I'm sorry, (laughs) I wish I had a better answer, but I think he might still be in prison because he was sentenced to three years, eight months in like mid-2017, early 2018. But I couldn't find any definitive answers about like if he served his full sentence or if he'd been released or anything like that. However, I did find a letter from the USA Federal Trade Commission dated September 2020, in which the FTC orders Robert Young to remove unsubstantiated claims for COVID prevention and treatment being made on his website, including, quote, true immune protection against the fake COVID-19 comes from the green plants, trees, and grasses, and specifically the green chlorophyll mm-hmm. molecule. The green chlorophyll? Quotes. The green, like opposed to all I know. chlorophyll green, <laughs> yes. isn't it? Yes, isn't it? I think. Oh, yeah, I think it is. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> that's just. Oh, uh, I know, I know. And it's a full six-page letter that calls out all his bullshit. It's publicly available online. It's a nice PDF. I've linked it in our show notes, of course. But I checked his website, and all the anti-vax rhetoric is still all there. Like he mm-hmm. didn't take anything down. It's under the scientific post section of his website. Um, so whether he's in jail or not, he is still quacking away. Yeah. If he is still in jail, they need to take away his internet privileges. I know. The good news is that he doesn't show up on the first page of Google. <laughs> it seems That's like good. they've like buried him. And there are unfortunately many more victims of Robert Young, including British Army officer Nama Hooter Muhammad, who Young told in an email, I'm sorry to hear that you've been in pain for the past three weeks. As I've told you before, pain is acid and acid is pain. (laughs) I just like that quote. I had to put it in. (laughs) Unfortunately, not all victims received justice from being victims of fraud at the hands of Robert Young. And so I wanted to just 
quickly wrap up this episode and this crazy story by coming back to this point that we talk about so often, it feels like, on this podcast. And that's the reason that smart, vibrant people, mostly, most often women, are so frequently drawn into these like miracle cures and alternative natural medicines. And it kind of boils down to feeling not properly supported by the medical system. So, you know, there are plenty of valid intergenerational reasons for distrusting the medical system, like racist, sexist, weight bias, dismissive, or even humiliating experiences that might cause someone to avoid traditional healthcare altogether. But the solution isn't foregoing medical treatment. And that's why I think it's so important. You know, I'm a registered dietitian in healthcare. You are so close to being a registered dietitian. And I think we can play a big role in patient advocacy and healthcare reform. And even if I look back on like our education and what I know of medical school education here in Canada, patient-centered care is like at the forefront of training now. And I don't think that that has always been the case. So I do hope things are changing because we can't keep losing people to quacks. I agree. (laughs) And I feel like, I mean, when I first got into the program, like the nutrition program, I didn't Mm -hmm. really know where I wanted to go with it. But I feel like now my path is very clear and it is more so helping women specifically. Yes. Yeah. And I agree. Like, I I do feel like we have this idea of patient-centered care, but I feel like a lot of the time, because our medical system is so busy, it's so... It's so busy. There's too much to do and too few medical professionals that I feel like even if you have the most amazing family doctor, surgeon, or what Mm -hmm. have you, they might simply not have the capacity to advocate for you. And like, I just feel like it even goes back to you telling us your story about the mm-hmm. cyst and, and everything. Like you do have to advocate for yourself, but also try to find people who will advocate for you. It's, yeah. oh gosh, the story is very frustrating. Story is really frustrating. And like, I have beyond the utmost respect for physicians. I think, you know, the people who become physicians are great, like wonderful top tier people trying to help other people. Mm -hmm. And like, I personally, even just, yeah, talking about my experience that I shared on the podcast last week, like I love my family doctor. I felt like she listened to me. She took me seriously. She referred me ASAP, Mm -hmm. but the system is so overwhelmed and busy. Yeah, Like I couldn't get in anywhere until it was almost too late. And that's not any one doctor's fault. It's just an overburdened system. For sure. And yeah, I so like when I first moved to Toronto, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to get a family doctor. I was living downtown. It's still and tough. It was so hard to find like a doctor that was available like within my area. And so I would just yeah. go to the clinic, like the health clinic and- Walk-ins. Yeah, walk-ins. Quite literally, yeah. that's how I would get any medical advice or treatment or what have you. Yeah. And it got to the point, and maybe I'll talk about this on like another episode where I had like a very scary- like medical thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I found a doctor. Anyways, it was like a female issue. She really, I think she possibly saved my life. Wow. And wow, I feel like without her, I I don't know what I would have done. That's wild. And you, so when you're going to like walk-ins, there's no continuity of care. Like no one gets no. to know you as a patient. And that's so important. Like people can know your medical history. 
I know. Ugh, should I just share so the story? This episode is so long already. I don't know if I should. It's such a good story. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, quick. Do it quick. Okay, quickly. <laughs> Let me share my life story. Ever since I was, I think, 18, I started having these aura migraines where I would have like spots in my vision and it would happen quite frequently, like maybe once a week to like once a month. Like mm-hmm. it was a pretty common occurrence. And they're awful. They're so I've had terrible. Only a handful. You've had them too. Only when I was like 13 to 16, I had like three of them, but I still remember. Like they were awful. Oh yeah. You'd be out for, like I'd be out for an hour, almost Mm -hmm. like clockwork. It was almost exactly an hour every time. But when I would experience these, the first time I experienced them, I went to the emergency because I thought I was having a stroke. And so Mm -hmm. they saw me, but by the time they saw me, all of my symptoms were gone already. And they kind of, not dismissed it, but they were like, it was probably just a bad migraine, which technically... It was a really bad migraine. Yeah. And then they kept happening. So I asked my eye doctor about them. He was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's probably just a migraine. All of this, like I asked so many medical professionals, I can't even tell you. But the issue I think was that it wasn't consistent. Like it wasn't consistently the same medical professional that I was asking about this. Yeah, because totally. I think I was just like, I was going to somebody who could help answer my question, like what is happening to my eyesight during this hour mm-hmm. of period of time. But like, because nobody knew my whole health history when I would go to yeah. see them, they weren't able to tell me. And it wasn't For until, sure. uh, was it three years ago now, two years ago? It was August of 2019. Mm-hmm. I was walking home from work and I started getting one of these migraines. I got home and was still experiencing it. And Dan asked me a question and I couldn't speak. Oh my God. Like I couldn't formulate sentences or words. That is so scary. And it was one of the scariest experiences. And I was like, I think I'm I'm having a stroke. And like, I literally like, Dan was like, we have to like get you to the like emergency room, whatever. And we went. Yeah. Basically, they passed off as a migraine again. And I was like, I was like advocating for myself in the moment. I was like, this isn't normal. Like, yeah, I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak. But again, the symptoms were gone by the time I saw them. And so because I advocated for myself, they got me an MRI. They got me in with a neurologist and everything. But at the same time, I was like, I need to find a family doctor because this is getting like a little bit too much for me to handle. Because every time I would see somebody new, I would have to retell the whole story right? as yeah. to like what had happened. So I found this this woman, this female doctor. And I'm not not saying that it has anything to do with being a female, but like the majority of the people who I had talked to previously were males. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I go to see this woman and she looks at my history and she is like, never take your birth control pill again. Yeah. She's like, stop it come in. immediately. Ugh. And what's Ugh. so messed up is that I started birth control for cramps when I was 16 years old. The migraine started mm-hmm. when I was 18 years old. From 18 until I was about, I guess, 20, 29 years old, Nobody told me that my body was being affected by estrogen, which was then causing these migraines. And there's like some scientific research that has been done, estrogen with people who experience aura migraines and stroke. So when I went to go and get my MRI, I asked if you could see a TIA, which is basically a small stroke in the brain. They said that you can't. Mm -hmm. You can only really see like an actual stroke. So it is possible, not 100%, but it's possible that I had a small stroke because I was on estrogen-based birth control. And this is kind of, I guess, a PSA too. Like if you experience aura migraines and mm-hmm. you are on an estrogen, not a 
progesterone-based uh, birth control yeah. pill, but an estrogen-based birth control pill, go see your doctor like immediately. <sighs> Anyways, totally. Rant over. Okay. And I just need to, no, rant not over. <laughs> We're on it. We're doing it because this is really important. And I, it's funny, I guess. <laughs> I'm definitely not the right word. So I had had these migraines with an aura around the time, like I remember my first was in grade eight. So my guess it's around puberty mm-hmm. time for me. I had, I want to say three or four and they were bad, similar to you. And I was never told by my family doctor that I could never go on estrogen birth control. Mm-hmm. So I only ever had progesterone birth control. And that's like, I had that family doctor there who was aware of that research and steered me away from the estrogen birth control. Mm-hmm. So I never went on it. Now, I am certainly not anti-birth control, and it can work really well for, like, so many people. Mm-hmm. And I'm also not a neurologist, but I know that the research in this area is, like, a little bit shaky. So I did have the option, like, two or three years ago to go on the estrogen birth control pill if I wanted to because I hadn't had a migraine in so long. Right. And so there is, like, a lot of gray area, I would say. But still, like, just talk to your doctor about it. Ask if, you know, if you're having these migraines with an aura. I'm pretty sure, and these numbers are like literally just out of my butt, but there's always a slightly increased risk of stroke on birth control, yeah. estrogen birth control. It's like an increase of like 0.06% or 0.6%. Especially if you smoke. Especially if you smoke. And then if you have the which aura migraines, <laughs> which we don't, FYI. <laughs> and if you have the aura migraines, it's like goes from like, let's say 0.6 to like point to like 2%. Yeah. So it's an increase. It's still a small chance, but it's an increased chance. Mm-hmm. Yes. So talk to your doctor, talk to your neurologist, get a referral to a neurologist yep. um, if you're having those migraines. Yeah. And I just like, I guess like to sum up this whole section, like I'm so thankful that I had that doctor who was finally able to mm-hmm. tell me what was causing these migraines. Whereas I feel like, not that I was failed by the medical system up until that point, but it was overlooked. Like what I was coming in, like my problem was overlooked because they couldn't see the whole medical history. And (sighs) I just feel like find people you trust, do some Mm -hmm. research on them. I have done research on my doctor. Yeah. (laughs) I know where she's worked before. I've like crept her. (laughs) Just do research on who you're working with make sure you trust them and make sure they're advocating for you. And if they think that they're the only person who can help you, they're not the right person. They have to be referring you out to specialists who specialize in other areas Mm -hmm. in order to be trusted. Team approach. That's a really good point. If anyone is saying that they're the only one, that's a massive red flag. Mm -hmm. There's been so many red flags in this episode. Red flag number two, if they try to sell you things. Yes. Red flag number three, if they steer you away from the medical profession. (sighs) Yeah, that was a really good point. Great PSA. I just wish patient advocacy wasn't like built into the system. Like it's such a necessary piece. Yeah. Like I wish that we didn't have to be advocates for ourselves. Like I felt that so strongly when I was in the emergency room, like waiting for the surgery. I was like, I need to like start causing a scene so that I can get attention because my pain was like so intense. And I was just like lying there, like imagining like, what should I do? Like, should I, I was like lying on this bed. I was like, should I yell like doctor? (laughs) I know. (laughs) I like didn't know what to do because I was in so much pain and I hadn't seen anyone yet. Anyways. Yeah. I wish it was just like a given that you would get the best care and you didn't have to like advocate for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or that like our family doctors had the capacity to take on like a role to like help 
project manage your healthcare. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that would be amazing. It's just not possible, at least in Canada. We would need Canada. like triple the amount of doctors. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Anyways. I wonder what, okay. Anyways, this is such a rant. <laughs> we can cover more another day. <laughs> Do you have a question for me for next week? Do you have an advent calendar? And if so, chocolate? I do not, but if I did, yes. (laughs) Do you have an advent calendar? I don't this year, but I like growing up, I used to always have have one and always chocolate. But I feel like my taste buds have changed in my into my adulthood and I'm not loving chocolate as much. So I'd much rather like I don't know, one of those like tea nail polish calendar or something like that. (laughs) Oh yeah, that'd be cute. Yeah, I don't have one. Maybe I'll get one. I can't believe it's December 1st. I know. Outrageous. Okay, we need to wrap this up yes. or Jeff is going to, um, Jeff, our editor, is going like, to completely murder us. <laughs> All right. Well, this was an incredible story. Yeah. Incredible and shocking. And mm-hmm. um, I'm glad it came to the end that it, it didn't. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining. Okay. Have a good day. Thank <laughs> you so much, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsavory. You can find all the references and materials used to put this episode together in our show notes at unsavorypodcast.com. This is an independently produced podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would rate, review, follow, and share our show with your true crime and food-loving friends. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can sign up as a donor through our Patreon link in our bio. To keep up to date with the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Unsavory Podcast. If you have an idea for an episode or segment, email us at unsavorypod at gmail.com. This podcast was recorded and edited by Earworm Radio. We highly recommend their services for all of your podcasting needs. You can learn more about them at earwormradio.com. Literally just out of my butt. Literally just out of my butt. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.